0: Welcome to Life Center and happy Resurrection Sunday. So glad that you're with us today. You know, if you're new to Life Center, I want you to know that we exist to bring life in Jesus to every life in our communities. And it's so good to see you today here in the building, those who are worshiping with us online. Thanks so much for joining with us today as we celebrate Easter. Over the next few minutes, I wanna share a message with you that I've entitled redefined through the resurrection. Redefined through the resurrection. Have you noticed that every generation has this tendency to redefine words and use them in a way that doesn't necessarily line up with their original meaning? So for me, when I was young, the word bad meant good. How many of you remember that? Uh, When I was young... The word sick meant awesome, right? That's sick! What do you mean? That, that's awesome! So why not say awesome? Because it's sick! Uh, there's, you know, another word that came out when I was in high school. Man, that's fat. P-H-A-T, fat. That's fat. That's fat. And what's interesting now, as a father of three kids who are quickly moving into their teenage years, I notice the trend happening once again. They're using words that, at times, I have to go, wait, hold on, what do you mean by that? I, I don't understand what you are saying. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, oh, that's dope, right? That's been around for a long time, uh, but... The other day, my kid said, "No cap." It's like, like cap. Cap? You need a hat, son. What? What's going on? No, it's just, it it is what it is. I'm telling the truth. No cap. Or man, they're salty. I'm like, did you lick them? What? What's going on? What? What's? And then lately, I I, I feel awkward even saying this one because like. Oh, man, they're drip. Some of you, your Easter drip is... And I'm watching the crowd right now, and depending on what generation you're in, you're like, what's dripping? What's, what's going on? It's, it's amazing the ability that we have to redefine words. And, and here's the point, words matter. Now, I know me trying to use some of those words. Some of you guys are like, this is really uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it's uncomfortable because I don't use those words that often. But words matter. And here's why they matter. Without a shared understanding, we can be saying the same words and mean different things. This is why defining things actually matters. And when we define something, here's what defining something actually means, to set forth meaning or to explain or identify the nature and its essential qualities. Now, what does that have to do with being redefined by the resurrection? Well, one of the authors in the scriptures, the Apostle Paul, he wrote a letter to a group of believers some Jesus followers in a city called Corinth. And he wanted to make sure that they were on the same page, that they they had clarity about a significant, important word. And what word was that? It is the word gospel. Gospel. In fact, join with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writes this, and he says, Now I want to make clear, can you say clear? He, he's working to get everybody on the same page. I, I'm, I'm wanting to be clear. I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel. Can you say gospel? So Paul is setting out. He's wanting to make sure everybody understands what the gospel actually is and because of what it is, what it means for us. The gospel I preach to you Which you received, on which you have taken a stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received. So here Paul is making his defense that this isn't just some information. This is actually the most important information. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Paul says this is most important. This isn't just random data that you store away for some rainy day. No, this actually is the most important thing that you need to be aware of. That Christ died for sinners according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised to life on the third day according to the scriptures. When it comes to what's most important, listen, if if it's true, I need it. But if it's not true, the reality is I don't need it and it's actually not even important. This matters, you see, I know for many of us, I think we would agree, it would be disappointing to get to the very end of life, excelling and exceeding in some areas, but missing what is actually most important. I don't think any of us want to set out for that. And to this, Paul brings clarity or definition about this idea called the gospel. What does that word mean? It simply means good news. But understand, a lot of people don't treat the gospel like good news. A lot of people treat the gospel like good advice. Paul wanted to make the gospel clear. Tom Wright, who's a biblical scholar, an author, an academic, he made the following statement in his book, Simply Good News. He said, but many people today assume that Christianity is one or more of these Things. Now, now listen to this list and consider if that's where you are at today: a religion, a moral system, a philosophy. In other words, they assume that Christianity is about advice, but it wasn't and isn't. Christianity is simply good news. It's the news that something has happened, and as a result of which, the world is a different place. Can I tell you, this is the gospel. This is why we are gathered here together on Easter Sunday. Why? Because Christ died for sinners. He was buried, and he rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And the gospel is the announcement, the news of that. See the definition of the gospel? It's good news. But here is the tension point for us. There is no gospel without resurrection. So for those of us who are tempted to like the idea of Jesus... We're tempted to to like some of his teaching or be inspired by the miracles we read about or, or even be awed by his incredible love and grace toward us, but we refuse to embrace the resurrection, understand there is no gospel if Jesus is still dead. There's no hope. There's no point to what we're doing. We might as well turn the lights off and go home because what we do right now has no significance outside of maybe some moralism that we're trying to chase or pursue, some aspirations that we're trying to build through religious exercise. You see, the reality is today, if Jesus is dead, it means we remain in our sin. But if Jesus has risen, here's the good news it means that your life can be redefined. If Jesus is alive, it means that who you are today and who maybe you once were, you can be redefined through his grace. See, Paul continues his thought in 1 Corinthians 15. And he says this in verse 19. If we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. Paul is saying, listen, if there's actually no resurrection, but we put all of our hope in it only for this life and come to the end of life, find that it wasn't accurate, we should be pitied. Why? Because if I become convinced or proficient in something that isn't true, I should be pitied. You ever met somebody, they're convinced that something isn't, or they're convinced it's true, but it's not? You kind of look at him, going, man, I hope the light bulb finally shows on, turns on for you. It's pretty sad. Oh, you know Susie. She just, yeah. You see, if, if we are putting all of our weight in something that isn't real, friends, we should be pitied. But Paul doesn't stop there. Look at verse 20. Paul says this, but as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead. That is our hope. But as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. See, we gather together today to remind ourselves and to declare with clarity what this gospel actually is. Christ has been raised from the dead. See, without this truth... There is no gospel. There's some scripture that you could hang up on your refrigerator or some, some scripture you can memorize, but, but if Jesus is still dead, it does you no good. There's no power. There's no authority. There's no hope beyond what your current existence and experience is if Jesus is still dead. Without the resurrection, there's, there's no good news. There's, there's no good news, we are still dead in our sin, my life as it is, is my only reality. Not only that, the only hope that I can cling to is what I can hopefully fabricate through my own effort. So the only hope that I have is somehow advancing in my career or, or excelling in my bank account or having the best relationships during my lifetime that I can because that's all there ultimately is if Jesus is not alive. You see the king who wore the crown of throne, crown of thorns, now holds the crown of life. This changes everything, friends. The resurrection changes everything. And I know that's, that's kind of a big claim, especially those of us who maybe were in church for the first time, maybe we're not even a, a follower of Jesus. And here's a guy, 42 years old, standing on the stage, looking at you, saying, the resurrection changes everything. Kind of a big claim. Reminds me a little bit of what happens to me every now and then at the Puyallup Fair when you're walking by some of those booths, you know, and people are trying to sell you something. Man, this will change everything. Maybe you're like me, I've I've fallen for it, where I'm like, Amber, come here. This is going to change everything and I fall for it, and I buy it, and I take it home, and I realize two days later, that changed nothing. (laughs) And there's some of us here today, we might be tempted to go, well, Tyler, changes everything, really? A little bit dramatic, don't you think? I would say to you, no, not dramatic at all. The fact that Jesus is alive today, it changes everything. Since the King has risen for us, we can be redefined through the resurrection. But with that in thought, there's two things that I want us to consider today. Number one, I want you to consider what Jesus' role is in the re- redefinition process. What's Jesus' role? Well, the resurrection declares and defines what his role is, friends. He is king, he's king. If Jesus isn't raised to life, what is he? He's he's a historic figure, he was a moral teacher, he had some great philosophy, but that's all that he was, because what he is, if he's still in the grave, is dead. You see, this is either the greatest hope or the greatest hoax that has ever existed. There's not really a third option there, by the way. Because people have have bet their entire eternity on this thing. People have sold their possessions, gone around the globe, telling about this carpenter from Nazareth who opened the eyes of the blind and opened the ears of the deaf. And all of a sudden, people have invested their lifetimes and for future generations. And it is either the greatest hope or the greatest hoax. There is no in-between. And I'm here to remind us today. That it's not a hoax. You see, the king is alive. Amen. But here's the reality if he's the king, guess what it means? It means that I'm not. It means that we are not. And that's a tension point at times. Why? Because we like the comfort of our throne, don't we? We like calling the shots, we like determining our own outcomes. You see if he is king it means things about his role in our lives First understand that his role he isn't just a contributor to your life See some of us we want a Jesus that will operate operate only as a contributor to our lives in other words, we, we want to call the shots, but Jesus, just give me some advice. And here's the danger with, with approaching Jesus like this. All of us do this. Sometimes when we re- receive advice, we don't like the advice. And so what do we do? We ignore it. But again, the gospel isn't good advice. The gospel is good news. But the king is alive. Amen. Some of us, we, we want a contributor. Others of us, though, we, we need to understand he isn't just a content creator. We we live in a world full of content creators. And if we're not careful, we can can look at the stories of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, and and some of us, we want a Jesus who will simply be a good moral teacher, a historic philosopher, an inspirational humanitarian that, that we can quote as needed. Have you ever noticed how we're very selective at what we quote? about Jesus? There's certain scriptures that we would never actually say out loud because then it might actually challenge. Not not this crowd. That was for the earlier crowd, right? Understand, Jesus isn't just a content creator. He's not just a contributor. And he isn't just a man who was crucified. Hear me. Some of us, we want an inspirational and aspirational model that we can look to, thinking that Jesus was just a good teacher who was martyred. But he was much more than just that. Who is Jesus? What's his role? Well, Jesus is the eternal king who is God. He became one of us. Through the incarnation, he he became one of us. He put on flesh, coming to suffer for us and become our substitute and our sacrifice. He's the king who died for our sin, not his sin. He's the king who was buried. And friends, I'm here to remind us today, Resurrection Sunday, 2022. He is the king who has risen to life. That is his role. That is his role. But the second thing I want you to consider, not only what is his role, but I think we have to ask the question, what's my role? If that's Jesus' role in this, what is my role? And let me remind us today, the resurrection declares and defines what our role is. What is that? We receive and we reflect new life. Don't just stop with receiving new life. Understand, there's a world around us that that they need to hear the clarity and the, the declaration of the gospel that we not only can receive new life, but we reflect this new life to a world around us. You see, if I'm not raised to new life, what do I actually have? All I have is what I have. But in Christ, everything changes. Because the king did his role, through grace, I can do my role. I can receive new life and I can reflect new life. But here is what this means for us. Hear this You are not defined by what you have done, you're actually defined by what Jesus did. That's what happens when we receive this gift of new life. I'm no longer the sum total of my failures or my irresponsibilities. I'm no longer defined by who I once was. I'm now defined by what Jesus has done for me. Friends, you can't tell me that that doesn't change things. This is good news. See, Paul, in another letter that he writes to one of his young friends named Timothy, he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 15, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Some of us right now are, are kind of leaning back going, Tyler, are you calling me a sinner? No, not yet. Not yet. Stay with me. Paul says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save Sinners, that's why he came. He didn't come just to to somehow try to inspire you to do a little bit better in your life. He came to rescue you, he came to, to pick you up out of the pit that you found yourself in. Understand, Paul is saying this Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. Now, here's the good news. If Jesus can rescue the worst, then maybe there's room for the rest of us. Because listen, I know some of you got on edge like, Tyler, you calling me a sinner? You calling me a sinner? No. Well, the good news is, if Paul's the worst, at least you're not at that level. So There's hope. There's hope. Paul says he, he came to save sinners and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason. Why? So that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Friends, the key to transformation, the key to you being redefined by the resurrection is simply receiving what Jesus has already made available. And Paul ends with this. Now to the King, come on, can you say king? king? King, capital K. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Christ came to save sinners. And what this means, listen, it's not our goodness that gets us in. It's the goodness of Jesus on our behalf that gets us in. You see, advice says, do this. The gospel shouts out on Resurrection Sunday. Jesus has already done it. Receive it. Rest in it. Reflect it to the world around you today, you can be redefined because of the resurrection. Tim Keller, who's a pastor in New York City, he's an author, this April, April 11th, wrote an editorial piece for the New York Times. In recent months, Tim Keller was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And he writes this, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happened, then ultimately, God is going to put everything right. Suffering is going to go away. Evil is going to go away. Death is going to go away. Aging, come on somebody, is going to go away. Pancreatic cancer is going to go away. Now... If the resurrection of Jesus Christ did not happen, then I guess all bets are off. But if it actually happened, then there's all the hope in the world. And I'm here to remind you today, friends, there is all the hope in the world. Why? Because Jesus has risen. And that means that my life, In your life, in your circumstances, in your battles, in your challenges, it can be redefined. Because even though he died and he was buried, on the third day, he rose again. And that changes everything. Changes everything. Today, we're about to celebrate and go crazy in this place. And some of you who are new to Life Center, you're like, haven't we been doing that? Yeah, we've been doing that. That's what we like to do. But we're gonna celebrate some friends who are publicly demonstrating what we're talking about today, of what it looks like to die to sin and be buried with Christ, but be raised back up to new life in him. Today, we have a bunch of people who are ready to get baptized. They've already signed up, but you might be here today and say, you know what, Tyler? I haven't been baptized. I need to do that. But Tyler, I I didn't prepare for that. I want to remind you, it's okay. We have towels. And I promise you, eventually you will dry out. Aren't you thankful that it's not raining today? You have a chance to dry out before you even get into your car. If you haven't yet been baptized, we're going to give some instruction on that a little bit further. But right now, can I invite you across this room and those who are watching online, can I invite you to bow your heads just for a moment? Because my guess is there's some of us here today that we have yet to experience the new life that Jesus has made available. Today, your life can be redefined, not through your effort or through your earning, not because you've done everything right, but because of the fact that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for you, to suffer for you, but he rose back up again to life. And by trusting in what he's done for you, friends, all of your sin, your shame, your separation, that emptiness, it is dealt with once and for all by putting your trust in Jesus. Today, if that's your desire, you wanna know that you have a fresh start with God. You want to experience new life today, resurrection life. If that's you, I'm gonna ask that we pray this prayer together, Life Center, and let's pray with those who are praying this, maybe for the very first time that they would experience new life. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today? Listen, these next few moments are holy moments. I'm going to invite us to stand to our feet all across this room. And today, we have a number of friends who are going to get baptized in water. They are making a public declaration of their faith in Jesus. That they identify with his life, his death, and his resurrection. And so as the worship team leads us, can we celebrate these friends as they make this declaration today?